When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Now, it's Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more. Presented by the Majestic Grill. Rediscover downtown dining. Chris Harrington on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That is, um, of course, September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. You remember the 21st night of September. <clears throat> One of my brothers alerted me this morning that it was September 21st. It is Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. I think I forgot that a year ago, but uh, I got it in this time. I was one of my best friends. They got married on <laughs> September 21st, and one of the hesitations of picking the date was the song. Not because, right. not because, like, uh, I don't know. This is one of those songs that, like. I know it's cliche. Like it's, it's. I, I assume it's. Is it their biggest hit? It feels uh, like it's I their most I lasting it, I think, hit. I think it's. Yes, I think that's exactly right. I think it's become their most enduring hit. I would say. Why is it such a good song? Every time I hear it, like it doesn't matter what kind of mood I'm like. I just, I freaking love that song. I know, man. That that, that, that groove just works. It, it that, that does. And the harmonies, disco soul groove. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's such a good tune. Um. What inspired you to weigh in on barbecue rankings? Uh, the uh, Southern Living. Southern Living magazine did their annual list of the top 50 Southern barbecue joints last week, and so that was a good excuse to react to something. Okay. I've, I've had this thought. Are we too tribal with barbecue? And I say that as yes. someone who grew up here and loves barbecue. Yeah, no, no, I think so. I, I think, you know, I, the whole... I used to I used to scoff at the idea that like Texas barbecue would be better than Memphis barbecue or whatever, and then I started going to Texas. Yeah, you know, brisk, I used to feel the same goes. way about the Car- Yeah, then I felt the same way about the Carolinas, but then like I started going to South Carolina, and like you know, I, I, I think instead of like being tribal about it and being like you know protective, I think we should embrace the diversity of, of different uh, of the different variations and styles across the regions and, and, and enjoy all of it. Yes. So it's interesting you mentioned the Carolinas. Now, I can admit perhaps I was not going to the right spots, but when I lived in North Carolina, I lived in Winston-Salem, I, I went in thinking that I, this would be more my style because I like more of the vinegar-based. Uh, right. I, I thought it would speak to me, but I don't know. Every time I left, like, I just kept being underwhelmed by it. So I, I, I've had a couple, at least a couple of North Carolina experiences, a couple of South Carolina experiences. I will say my South Carolina experiences have been better than my North Carolina. The one place I went to in North Carolina that was supposed to be like one of the great places, the barbecue itself just was almost too much of a hash. Yes, 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 uh, you nailed it. You know, it. yeah, and so I, I didn't like that as much. It lost, it lost some of the texture and character of the meat itself. I do like 
like if you go to Rodney Scott, which who's the famous um, yep. pit master in South Carolina, and he's you know, his original place is in some small town, but then he's got one in Charleston that's more familiar to people. There's actually one in Birmingham. There's a Rodney Scott's in Birmingham I was at sometime in the past year, which I think is as good as the one. Seems like, you know, it, it traveled, like, the, the way they do it. No, I actually uh, think that, Bama's got good barbecue. Yeah, it could be. But I was going to say the Rodney Scott's the South Carolina guy, that's really good. And I do like the sauce. The sauce is basically vinegar and, 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 and you know, red pepper. And I, I, like, I like that peppery, vinegary sauce. Like, and even in Memphis, I tend to like the sauces that have a little bit more of a vinegar edge to them, like Barbecue Shop, like Payne's. Like, I like that tartar, sharper sauce than, like, the heavy, sweet, molasses-y kind of sauces. If you have to pick your favorite sauce in town, what is it? Oh, I just think the Barbecue Shop sauce is so distinctive. Yeah. Um, like the pain sauce is great, but like I went to Ellen to Helen's barbecue in Brownsville, Tennessee in the past year. I was like, well, this tastes just like pains, you know, I've never had another barbecue sauce that tastes just like the barbecue shop sauce. What is, what is it about the nature of barbecue that lends itself to kind of like the tribalism? Like we don't do it with fried chicken, but like not all fried chicken's the same. Like what is it about barbecue that is specifically like it creates like this tribalism? I think there's a little bit more, like, variation, probably. You know, for, for, for one thing, fried chicken is always chicken. Yeah. And so with barbecue, you know, there's pork, there, there's beef, there's chicken, there's different, you know, there's whole hog versus shoulder versus whatever. So I think there's a lot more regional variety, and that probably plays into a big part of it. We're talking with Chris Harrington here on the Jeff Calkins Show. Um, let's turn to the NBA a little bit. i got a couple questions for you. How excited are you for where's Giannis going next talk? I mean, I, it, it could be worse. Like, it could be like, you know, where's Ja going next or whatever. So, yeah. like, you know, they're, they're before the grace of God, right? Um, I don't know. I'm not excited about it, but I don't totally dread it. I feel like this is a situation where he, he, he's had the full run in Milwaukee. He's won a title. The arc of that team, and I don't think this is this is common here in Milwaukee. The, the thing I don't like about it is, is, is his whole, you know, are they committed to winning or not? Yes, they're committed to winning. But, I mean, look at the money they've spent. Look at everything they've done. Their, their franchise is totally committed. But they just fired just their coach, and they, they won right. the number one seed. Yeah, but you, the problem is you can't will things into existence. It's a natural arc of a franchise that, like, you know, barring some like really crazy luck or whatever, you had a long, good run. Guys are getting older and age out, and you're going to dip. And so, like, they've won their title. He's put in a long time there. The franchise is headed towards a natural dip unless he props it up. And so, to me, this is a situation where if he gets dealt and, and or he pushes his way out and they just restart it, like, you know, enjoy what you had. Don't, 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 don't be sad about, you know, what you're going to miss. And so, as long as he doesn't, like, push himself to the Lakers – like, I can live with it. I mean, isn't there also an element of we judge it differently if he leaves because he won a title? Like, to me, like, that that's does right. – that makes it different. That's, that's right. It's not like Anthony Davis in New Orleans or, like, the whole thing. You look back and it was sort of squandered time for everybody. Like, this was a great run. It was a historic run for the Bucks. It was great for NBA fans. You know, he got a title. It, it's, anything else is gravy at this point as far as, far as Giannis and Milwaukee is concerned. One of the teams that ESPN mentioned that kind of took me by surprise, are you buying that New Orleans is a legitimate option? No. Right, because I mean, like, my, was, my instinct was like, 
whose agent got that in there? Well, I mean, I mean, that's the it gets to the question of how much is you know the player directing the outcome, right? Sure. From a Milwaukee perspective, do I buy that? Yeah, because if you say you have to trade Giannis and like you know, and you're sort of having to start over, you're having to start over in a smaller market. Like, would you want to roll the dice on Zion? I'm assuming like the implication here is the Zion deal. Yeah, I could see that being attractive for Mil for Milwaukee, but I just think you know, players at that level try to steer the ship. And I don't think that's where he's going to be trying to steer it. I wouldn't imagine. What do you think, if it's not Milwaukee, what, what do you think are the most likely destinations? I mean, the, I mean, setting aside the Lakers, because blah, the Knicks are like the obvious situation in all this. Like Embiid, everyone's sort of waiting for Embiid to sort of get dealt there. Yeah. Because it's New York, it's the market, they have assets to deal um, they have an opening for, for a, a, top, a top player. As good as Jalen Brunson is, as good as Julius Randle is, he's not that. And so, to me, New York is set up as sort of the obvious thing. The teams that always come up for everyone are, you know, the Lakers, the Heat, and the Mavs because they're, they're all always aggressive about it. The, and, yeah, they're deal makers. Right, right, right. But the Knicks seem, does seem like sort of the obvious situation. Do you take the Knicks – do you treat the Knicks – differently now because they have the new regime because the other thing that has always kind of annoyed me whenever a big player comes up and get him to the Knicks get him to the Knicks in my lifetime really there's only been like one guy that did that and it was Carmelo like but yet every single time it's just Knicks 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 do you treat it differently now well you still have questionable ownership in New York with Dolan he doesn't even like being he doesn't even like being a sports owner he said Right, but but the last few years in in New York has seemed pretty confident. Like the, the current tenure, the current the current front office structure, they their their tenure has seemed pretty confident. Um, they seem like they're doing a pretty good job with it. So yeah, I don't think that would be a terrible place to go if I'm a player like that. All right, let's get into some Grizzly stuff. I, I know you and Jeff yesterday talked about storylines. For me, what I'm more I'm more interested in. Who do you think are the most interesting players that could swing good season to bad season for the Grizzlies? Um, I think Steven Adams coming back off this injury to be the player he was before the injury is key. I think Steven Adams' impact on the Grizzlies is underrated, certainly outside of Memphis. Um, and so I think it's important that he, you know, he's only, he's only 29 or whatever, so it's not an age issue but there is a wear and tear and an injury issue. So can he be 100% fully what he was before that knee injury? I think that's probably the number one thing. Say this not Ja. The Ja stuff yeah, yeah. is obvious, right? I think that that's a big thing. And then I think they really need one of these young wings to not have some dramatic breakout, but to be like a competent NBA rotation player. Like Zaire Williams, Jake LaRavia, David Roddy. One of those three guys I think needs to be a competent NBA rotation player because – they have a really good deep front court, and they have a really good deep back court. Once Shaw gets back, they don't, they don't have much in the wings, right? Like you're playing, you're playing undersized with like Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, as, Kennard, as is tradition. Unless one of those guys pops, yeah. So they really need one of those guys to take a step forward. The other thing that Mark and I were talking about, and I don't think I've talked about it with you. Obviously, Santi has a very good World Cup. The problem, though, like. Because I kept thinking, I was like, well, maybe if this guy is really good, maybe that could be uh, like a a swing guy for them. But I still think the biggest problem is, like, where – 
can you really play him on the wing? No, I think you can spot him on the wing in certain in certain lineups against certain matchups. But I think you have to be hyper specific with it. Like one of the one of the things I've illustrated is, I think you can play Jaron Jackson, Xavier Tillman, Xavier Tillman, Xavier Xavier Tillman, I think it's Xavier, Xavier right? Henry. Yes, I will always because the Xavier Henry history like trip up on that. Yeah, um, I think you can play Jaron Jackson, Tillman, and Aldama together against certain matchups. Because, because Tillman can guard big wings. Um, you know, he can yeah, guard he can move, LeBron, yeah. he's Kawhi. You can spot him on that kind of stuff. But to me, like, the matchups have to sort of be just right for that to really work. I don't think you can play Santi at the three with Jaron and, um, and Adams. I'm not a big believer in that. Yeah, because that, that, to me, like, that's the biggest struggle because – all the lineups that you sit there and go, okay, to to maximize that, the lineups defensively didn't make sense. But then it got me to the next question. Does Santi have more value for other teams than he does the Grizzlies? Yeah, maybe. And, I, and let me go back and say, when I say you can't do that, I don't know. Maybe you can do yeah, that. I, guess I mean, look at, Cle- look at Cleveland a couple sure. years ago. They started Laurie Marketing at small forward yeah. with two with two huge bigs, and J.B. Biggerstaff staff made it work. So, like, you can always try to make things work. I, you know, I don't think it's an ideal thing. I don't, I'm not expecting to see much of it. The Santi question is interesting because I, I think I mean, he has more room where he needs to improve. But you can see an NBA starter there. Like, he could become an, a, a starting level. I mean, he started for the Grizzlies the first month or so of last season and acquitted himself well. You can see him being a starting level player. I'm not sure I see him starting with Jaron as a, the, the starting lineup just because of the rebounding question. And so, you know, is, does he become someone who has more value elsewhere and thus becomes a trade chip because you already have Brandon Clark locked up for multiple years and, and you've got, you know, Lofton sort of waiting for an opportunity and you've got Tillman and you've got, you know, some other guys on the wing like LaRavia and Roddy that frankly might be better as small ball fours anyway. So I could see that. I could see, I could see Santi playing himself into a trade chip. If you had to bet yes or no of one of the young wings that you mentioned, whether it be Xavier, whether it be Roddy, whether it be LaRavia, that one of them develops to become the type of player that, that the Grizzlies need, would you bet yes or no? Oh, um, you know, I, the field is pretty big when you got three players. And yeah. so, but it still feels like a dicey, it feels like coin flippy at best, really. I, I think all of those players have potential, but I don't. You can't count on any of them individually, even collectively, because you count on one of three. I don't know if I can get. I, I don't know if I can get past the 50, over the fifty percent line on that. I think it's close. I think the problem that I have is okay. Let's take all of them individually. Let's start with Zaire. I, I still think like if you're going to maximize that spot, don't you have to be a three point shooter? Am I wrong in that? Well, yeah, but but to me, that's not even the number one question. The number one question with Zaire is: is can his body hold up? I, yeah, you know, fair. you've seen yeah. the, 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 with the knee. I, to me, the knee stuff and all the stuff he dealt with last year, I, I'm, I, I feel like it's probably not unrelated to the fact that he's like six nine and like sure. you know, 138 pounds, pounds basically. Yeah. yeah, and so I, my question with him is, can he physically hold up? Um, and that's another thing. To, 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 we've already we've already invoked you know Xavier Henry once. We can do it again. That's a guy who just like he had knee problems right out of the gate and never could stay healthy. 
And so to me, it starts with can you stay healthy with, with, with Zaire, and then you go from there. And the three-point shooting, I don't know. To me, I, to me the, the, the verdict is inconclusive on that as far as he goes. With LaRavia, is it – is it athleticism? Is it like because I, I don't know? Like that's the thing that I've always struggled with. But I mean, he also had injuries last year, and I felt like that kind of stunted his development. I, I think it's related to athleticism, but to me, more specifically, it's can his shooting talent translate to the pressure of like of playing against NBA defenses when you have to quicken everything up? You have to quicken your release, quicken your your your, your, everything your shooting up, mechanics. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so. To me, like he 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 just I mean, he drills nets in open practice, and you get him in the games, and the percentages don't quite work out as well. And so that's sort of to me the question: Is their best shot kind of what it ended up becoming in the playoffs? Where yeah, you you're going to suffer defensively a little bit, but Kennard still probably what Kennard gives you offensively it outweighs the what you lose defensively. You know, I think early on in the playoffs, they felt like that wasn't the case. And then as the playoffs were on, I felt like, you know, we decided, no, we, we just gotta, we have to roll with this. And as soon as they made that decision, he got hurt. And so it's a proposition that never got tested. I think, I think we're going to see it get tested a lot early this season. I do. I think, there's, I think they, need, they need to find out on that. In your mind, what is a successful 25 game? Like, what's the pass-fail level for the 25 games without Jaw? Um, I think if you're above 500, you feel fine about it. I, I, I think you, you would like to be a little better than that, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, when you, you look be... at the schedule, I think it's like, you know, you play like half the teams that aren't even supposed to be playoff teams. I think if, you, I think if you're 15 and 10, you're like, okay, let's go. I think you feel good about that. Um, if you're under 500, you don't feel great about it. But you know, somewhere, somewhere in the middle between 500 and like getting up to 13, 14 wins, you know, out of 25, I think you're okay. I think 15, I think 500 is the pass fail. I think 15 wins is to feel good about it. The other thing that I, I, because I like to say, like, okay, here's here's what they did last year. Like, what's a way that they get better? Like, where's something that that could, you know, statistically, was this an outlier? Was this an outlier to the negative? The home road splits. Did you ever develop a theory for it? I got asked that in a mailbag, and I can't remember exactly what I wrote, but I went and looked over, like, multiple the last several seasons, and not just for the Grizzlies, but for, like, around the league. Yeah. And for whatever reason, home there were there were more extreme home road splits. Remember, Golden State was way more extreme than the Grizzlies. They were 11-30 and 30 on the road, and the Grizzlies right, were right, right. five games better. So, for whatever reason, there were more extreme splits last season than, it, than has been the recent norm. And so I'm just going to say regression to the mean on that and that those, those extra, more extreme splits last season were an outlier rather than something you can pinpoint some repeatable reason for it. Chris, um, you know, maybe the Grizzlies had some specific thing about, you know, maybe it was Ja. Oh, the thing about, like, Ja not taking the road games seriously, like, his, at least statistically, he was just he was fine on the road. There was not a big difference in his road home splits. Maybe, maybe his defense was worse, and that doesn't show up in his own numbers. Yeah. But, you know, for all the, like, the, the complaints, you know, when Steven Adams had did the thing about, you know, we're not taking the road as seriously, I think that was a reflection of, like, John Morant's behavior. But in terms of the, the idea that that was a reason for their bad record, I, I don't know. That's like a chicken or the egg thing. Like, like are, are, are you not taking the road as seriously and you, you know that, and then that's reflected in the record? 
or is it because you happen to have a worse road record that you then think that's the reason? And so, I, I, you know, I don't know. Is it confirmation? I, I, I don't, I, yeah, confirmation bias. That's right. Yeah. I don't expect a repeat on that necessarily. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.